We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Next to the stage, Frank. Thank you for joining us, sir. Frank, can you hear us? Hello? Yes, Frank. Uh, this isn't, this isn't hey. uh, Frank Isola, is it? No. No, 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 no. no. I <laughs> okay. I just, hey, guys, I how you doing? I'm hey, good. doing good. How are you? Good, good. A huge fan, huge fan. Listen, uh, thank I just, you. I just, I just wanted to give my two thoughts on the Dame thing and get your opinion. Um, first and foremost, I think the Knicks are going to do whatever. If 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 they are on the short list that, and these reports are true, because I don't think Dame really squashed anything yesterday. I just think he did a great job of what athletes do. And I think he squashed the momentum heading into the Olympics because he didn't want to be the story. Uh, but I think that if he is on the short list, I don't think there's any way that Leon Rose... Wes, Brock Allen, and these guys are going to just let him go by the wayside. I, I, I don't think RJ is going to stand in the way of them obtaining a, a, a star of his stature because I think the credibility that Dean restores for the franchise and and, and, I, and deeming an end to that moniker of the Knicks can't get star players, I think, it's, I think that has value. I think that has some type of value to it. So my question to you guys is, I think this all comes down to is, how do we truly, truly assess Julius Randle? Uh, because is he is he is he a one-hit wonder? Or is he a guy that we truly, truly believe in that could be a second banana? Because I think, in, in, in what I've been hearing from Knicks fans is the last 24 hours, it's kind of like, well, you can't win with Julius Randle and Dane. Well... Okay, but if you believe Julius Randle is that guy, like I've heard Nick fans say all year, if you believe he is, if, if you believe the playoffs were more of an aberration and not and not the norm for him, and uh, then you have to do whatever it takes to get a star of that ilk. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, well, two a couple things. Um, I, I like I like where your head is at. Generally, I have a couple of like slight 
nitpicks. For, well, mm-hmm. to any fans who are saying that about Julius Randle, look, I'm not saying Julius Randle is definitely a number two on a title team, but I just mm-hmm. remember there were a lot of post games I did last year where there were people in the, in the chat and Super Chat and whatever saying, like, why do we need to go get a star? We have our star right here. Julius Randle could be the – you know, why can't, like, this team go all the way if, with internal improvement? So, like, it's interesting how people – fluctuate I think very drastically I think with Julius if you believe that the shooting is real and you or, or at least you know 90% real like whether he's a number two or a number two a like he's in that he's in that conversation on the Dame stuff I think they've restored credibility I, I don't think it's about that I think it's about purely if you're the president of basketball operations for a team your job is to win a championship um and I, that, that's a stu- that is the dumbest fucking oversimplification anyone has ever said, but it's also not untrue. Um, like, that is, your, that is your job. I think whether or not they put RJ in a trade, whether or not they go hard after Dame, whether or not they dip their toe in the water and see what the market's like, I think all of that is going to be determined purely based on what they think they can give up for him and still have enough left, whether that be by way of cap space. I don't know what else would be coming back in the trade. I don't know what else would be going out in the trade. Like, and assets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Picks, players, all that stuff to, to still build a contender, which is a very convoluted way of saying, I don't think sentimentality is going to play any role in the trade discussions that may or may not happen with Portland, because I don't think sentimentality plays any role in any trade discussions that have ever happened between people running basketball teams. I think they make the furtherment of that, that goal. Um, I I just, when you say, I don't think RJ is going to stand in the way of a trade. I I think that depends. Is it, is it just, are they giving up RJ and like two firsts and that's the whole trade for Dame Lillard? Then, yeah, yeah, I don't think I, RJ's going to stand in the way of the. I don't say I don't think that's going to be the case. But if it's RJ quickly, Obi, Mitch, Thor first, and like three swaps, then yeah, I think RJ Barrett's going to stand in the way of trade because I don't think they're going to feel like they could build a winner after giving up all that stuff. Well, well, the, well, Jonathan, uh, let me, uh, to clarify what I meant, I meant, I meant in terms of the credibility, I meant that there's still this partial media narrative and I've heard you say in the past and I wholeheartedly agree with you that shit matters the narratives matter right yeah you know these 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 young these young generation of I'm from a 40 year old guy but these these young generation of NBA players they pay attention to media narratives whether we want to acknowledge that or not that is always the elephant in the room with these guys Uh, 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 um what I mean by that is they don't want the Stephen A. Smiths of the world getting on first take or whatever other these shows are and saying, oh, well, the Knicks still can't get a star. They were a one-hit wonder. That is the narrative that I'm, I feel that the Knicks and Leon Rose are, are have to protect against or fight against in, in terms of getting a star in the building to, to squash that narrative because it's still out there. So maybe not to the extent it was a year ago, but it's still out there. And, and I, I understand as Nick fans, we want to just conveniently gloss over that. But it, it, what matters is what these players pay attention to. And, and, and the perception, right? Uh, perception is reality. So 
that's what I mean by 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 restoring the credibility of the franchise where that can permanently go away because the Knicks haven't had a big star in the building since they traded for Melo. Those those are facts. Now now the now the the thing I have I think I think with Dean, I think it's gonna take RJ quickly and Obi at a minimum. And I think it's gonna take about three first rounders. I don't know because I, I think it's going to be the Anthony Davis type of package because I, I don't know how, how comfortable you are with that and I would love to hear you and Andrew's opinion on that but I think it's going to take that kind of package what do you guys think so I'll jump in real quick and just say that mm. well I would be nothing if not a an executive producer and plug that we did a whole cap or no cap on what it would probably take to get Dame and if you want a full detailed uh, an account, especially with Jeremy's brain involved and how it would work with the cap of what a a trade would probably have to look like. You can check that out on our YouTube channel or the feed. I agree with you on the package personally, um, which is why I'd, I'd be against it. The thing I've tried to pay attention to, Frank, is not necessarily how I feel or how Knicks fans across Knicks Twitter and Knicks content world feel about Obi Mitch, mm-hmm. RJ, the Quickly's of the world. It's how the league feels. And I have not heard I know there was the Hollinger piece with Vorkanoff said that it can happen that you could trade for Dane without getting RJ. It's just not likely that the price is gonna come down that far. Mm-hmm. Um what I'll say as far as narrative goes, last year was the first time in a long time there was that, that stretch during the nine game winning streak. I just, I, I don't want to forget it where there was like a legitimate press tour of we were getting Julius Randall on the Woj pod. He's, you know, they're, they're doing a full Charles Barkley comp on the, on the, on the Simmons pod. Um, they're waxing poetic about uh, RJ Barrett's improvement. It's like, Oh my God, RJ Barrett's a 40% three point shooter. Um, Tibbs winning coach of the year, Julius winning most improved player, quickly making second. Like, I think a lot of that narrative came from the Knicks are a mess and no one's going to go there while they're a mess. And now that mess seems to have figured out a hint of competence. And so I'm less afraid of we have to trade everything for Dame because no one's coming here and I'm more I'm more confident in this front office that if they stick to a plan that's focused around development and then you know recruitment I, I just you know learn the game from William Wesley you could never check me that there's a reason this guy now is the lead recruiter of the Knicks he's got some of the biggest credibility among people in the in the sport, so that's right. Also, they're on they're on his list. Like the fact that they're on his list is meaningful in and of itself. Yeah, but but I have a but just to play devil's advocate for a second. Being that they are on his list, doesn't that necess doesn't wouldn't that put more pressure on them? Because if, I don't if they, think so. It, it, uh, because, but, but I'm, I'm not talking about as far as what, what we think. I, I'm, I'm, I'm aligned with you guys thinking. Mm-hmm. I am talking about from the media perspective. We know how this media works. We know the pressure they're going to put on the Knicks. We know that Stephen A. Smith is going to go on first take and say, the Knicks better close this deal with Dame. We know these things are going to happen. And, 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 and these players do pay attention to that. There's another guy that puts the Knicks on the list and the Knicks couldn't close the deal. I think that can do. A, a bit of, of, of not not maybe a lot, but it's going to put a chink in the armor 
of of this goodwill that we built up over the last year. I'm, I'm the only thing I'll say is I'm not sure. So two players, right, have put them on there that that I'm AD? that I can remember. It was Kyrie and AD. I'm not sure the AD thing was ever real, and I'm not sure anybody in the league really thought the Knicks being on AD's list was like super. Like personally, I I was always like he's going to LA, and I, I think the Knicks probably thought that as well, <laughs> which is why they didn't get more. I mean, and then Kyrie back before that, like that was they were not in a position to trade for him then you know it wouldn't have made sense I, but listen it's a valid point man I, I'm not going to disagree with you it's a valid point yeah and then that's all I, that's all I was saying I understand how we think as a Knicks nation in our Knicks bubble but yeah. it, uh, but it, 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 these players pay attention to the national media narrative and, and, and the coming off of what the, the season the Knicks had, whether it was overachieved or not, the, there's going to be expectations next year on the Knicks, and 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 not closing the deal on a guy like Dame, it's I, I think it's going to do a little bit of PR damage to them. Uh, if they, if especially if it comes out well, they didn't want to include RJ Barrett in the deal. Like I, I think I think that does more harm to them in the long run. Then, as far as PR, well, as far as narrative, as far as all that is if, concerned, if they're wrong, if they're wrong about RJ Barrett, or let me rephrase that, if if they keep RJ and he turns out to be just like you know an okay player, then then sure they'll get clowned. If they keep RJ Barrett and RJ Barrett becomes like what we all think and hope and pray he could be. That's a different story. That's the only thing yeah, I'll say. Yeah, but, but I mean, is he ever going to be on Dame's level? I mean, I mean, no. <laughs> but he he doesn't need to be to make keeping him out of a trade the correct decision, depending on the other parameters of the trade. That's the only thing I'll say. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time. Of course, man. Thank you. Of course, Frank. Um, so I've already said this in the chat. We're uh, we're gonna try and get to noon. Uh, John, I'm sorry we're going a little long. We have no. A lot this of is this is great. I'm, I'm good to go. Awesome. Uh, next up, Justin Richards. As always, welcome to the stage. Hey, yeah. Uh, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yes, sir. What's up, Justin? All right, cool. Not much. Hey, hey. Hope everyone's having a good day. All of the good stuff. Um. I, so actually, I have a, uh, you know, because I have kind of these two parters. My first question is kind of, and it leads into my second question. Do you think um, just player for player, right? I'm not talking like maybe like superstars like Giannis and Embiid and Joker, but do you think having a high usage guard is more <clears throat> is more important now than to having a forward or a big, just because of how the way the game is and like how spread out it is? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Dude, okay. I don't know what else. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm asking that because wouldn't then that make sense for us to then trade for Sexton? And so the reason why I say that is because I think um, I, I'm very. Like again, like I don't see a way that we get RJ. Um, I mean, sorry, we get uh, Dame without trading RJ. I've, I've looked around several times. Maybe you guys came up with something for the no cap cap pod on Monday, but I haven't, I can't think of one. So if we're already saying that's a point, and this kind of goes to what Andrew said on the little mini pod you guys did before. 
wouldn't it just make sense? We're just talking about like low asset, high asset. Right yeah. now, Sexton is not looked at as like a high end asset, right? But no. if you bring him in for again, we don't know what OB is, right? But that's good and bad. It's you can allure a team saying, "Oh, we don't know what he is. He can be a bright star." Um, you guys need a forward. We need a guard. Let's just do this swap, or not a swap, but you know, you do the trade, and you get Sexton in here. And while I don't think a Sexton plus X RJ Randall Mitch is a team that can win the title or you know maybe get to the conference finals, I think it'll be a good team. I think it's a team that people will start looking at as being like, "Okay, free agents want to go there." And then you just then sign Sexton to a smart contract and then just flip him for the thing that you need. And for me, that is the best way to do this deal because you need you're gonna have to raise up um some value that's cheap, right? Like you're gonna have to make someone worth more um for another team than they are for you right now. And for me, it's just like I just think that um, doing something like that makes more sense. That's why I would I would be in more on trading for sex, and even if it means giving up OB and a pick. Um, I know I have a feeling I know what Andrew's going to say, so I'm going to just speak very briefly <laughs> first. Go right um, ahead. You know, I think I think there's a. I, I, I completely agree with your, your general point that high usage guards are more valuable than ever in the league, but there's. I think we might be losing John. Um, I, I mean, he said most of the way. John Kieras is a high usage guard, whoever, right? Yeah, no, you go, Andrew, and I'll chime in after. Well, I mean, yes, I agree, one hundred percent, Justin. I, <laughs> I, um, I don't think it's a no-brainer as anybody. If anybody's saying like you have to trade for sex, and that's the only thing I would push back on. Like, I do understand if, like, the the negatives are there, the cons are there. I just I see the upside, and I I like the upside at least. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely not saying this is like a no-brainer deal. Like every, right, right. every deal, every deal you make, there's going to be some level of risk. Obviously, there's so even even going like signing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. There are people who when they didn't come to the Knicks were like, I wouldn't do that deal. And Kevin Durant might be the best player in the league right now. Oh, so it's like dude, there's always have, yeah. Don't get me started. The cause <laughs> back when I was doing Knicks stuff, then it was like Katie and Kyrie were coming. Should we trade everything for Anthony Davis? And it was like, no, I want to let Kevin Knox develop. I liked the season where we won 17 games. It's like, all right, to each his own. I like winning, you know? Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. And I guess, so the, so the reason I actually even brought that up, too, is like, so, and I get I get upset when people do, like, the whole Halliburton thing where it's like, Nick should have gotten mm. Halliburton. Because my whole point is like, my whole point to that is like, okay, that's, you could argue that's a point, but then do you not like quickly? Because then how are you going to have Halliburton and quickly and Austin Rivers and then eventually Derrick Rose and Alfred Payton and Alec Burks all on the same team? All like it's just it, you're 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 going down you're a whole lane of things that just wouldn't aren't possible. But yeah. my counter to that or my devil's advocate point is if. Let's say they, they got Zeke Najee and it wasn't quickly, and they did get um, Halliburton. 
Do you think right now, and let's say everything else played out the same, do you think right now it would be easier for them to trade for Dame or it would be the same? Like, in the same package would be like, yo, like, we're still giving up RJ, Halliburton, and it's a lot of stuff. Or is it like, all right, we'll give you Halliburton, whoever the second guy we picked, and then all the picks? That's a good question. I was about to say, it's a tremendous hypothetical. Um, I think it'd be easier to trade for him because I think Tyrese Halliburton has more trade value right now than, than Emmanuel Quickly. I think that's pretty, yeah, right? Not in Nick's content world, but I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. But you uh, you pull the league. The guy that finished runner up in rookie of the year or third in rookie of the year voting would absolutely have more trade value than quickly. Okay, but yeah, those are those are that was it. Um, I know you're not good stuff. The clock, so yeah, no, we're good. Um, good. good stuff as always, Justin. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. You guys have a good day. You too, man. All righty, George, welcome to the stage. Welcome. Good morning. Hey, what's going on, hey. man? How you guys doing? Doing good. All right, man. It's been a while. It has. What a crazy... A uh, it's been a while. Uh, I I jumped in late. You know, I woke up uh, to listen to this, but it's, you know, it's, it's early here in L.A. Uh, did you guys talk about what would be the, like, what would be the least... The Knicks would have to give. I have two questions. What would be the least the Knicks would have to give up for Sexton? Now, before you answer, I am not a Sexton fan. I, but you know, twenty-four points is twenty-four points. You know, and a lot of people I love and trust or whatever they, you know, they're fans. They think uh, they think we should pull the trigger. I'm, I'm a no. But if the price is right. Then sometimes you gotta pull the trigger. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nineteen thirty-two and Knox. I guess maybe. I that feels like wishful thinking. I, uh, I think it would. I think there's. I mean, they wanted to draft Obi, right? Theoretically. Okay. Yeah. Well, theoretically, they'll want to trade for Obi too. So, just Obi, Obi in a pick? No, no, Obi. The, so the Obi knocks, and then either nineteen or twenty-one. I think mm. is honestly that's what drew me to the idea of this trade. Is like that's that I think is actually a fair, a fair thing. Unless you wanted to throw in multiple picks and make the entire trade um, draft based. You know, that's the compensation you're offering the Cavs, which. Not for nothing, I really don't want the Knicks to have to do that, you know? Yeah. The other, the interesting question for me is, would you rather give up 19 and 21 or OB and, I guess, you know, Yeah, 19. that's what exactly was, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I, he, he, I, he, yeah. So, I, I, okay, here's the thing. That I, when we think about Sexton, what, what do we think he's going to be on the Knicks? Do you think he's still going to be a 20, uh, 20 points a game plus guy I, on the Knicks? Yes. But I, and I think they'd, act, I think they'd run him out there a point guard too. All right. Okay. I believe if then if they run him out as, as point guard, I mean, you guys have watched tape. You guys watched them. He's not a point guard. 
He he has struggling. He has he struggles finding a guy in the corner. Uh, his passes are not sharp. He doesn't see plays develop. Well, he doesn't really make the lob. He's I think inconsistent. Thib, I think he's will, inconsistent. Will, yeah, I, I I just don't. So the way he, I think the way he ultimately thrives on the team is as the two guard. Um. Or as the one alongside another, a prime, a primary somewhere else on the court. But like, I don't know, like, how did he function with Garland? Like that, that like, clearly Cleveland is not enamored with that pairing moving forward. Um, but then again, Garland's not really a primary either. He's like, I don't know. I'm, we're still figuring out what Garland is, but like, Andrew, what are your, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, your whole thought about him being a combo guard has stuck with me as like, could he fit next to Derrick Rose or could he fit next to Vildoza? You know, if you put a guy that's going to be more of a facilitator next, they're not going to be, they're not going to run out a small back. I don't, I I personally, I do not believe that they're going to run out a small starting backcourt. I, I, but what would be interesting to me is if, they got sex, then would they try to get some playmaking at the two? I, which I don't, again, where is that coming from? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I Lonzo? had a thought, but I'm not saying his name on this part. No, 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 not Alonzo. He plays for San Antonio, but we have banned him from yeah, all. No. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> That's no. my thought. Just don't do it. I won't. Um, George, was there another question? Yeah. So here, here's the other thing. Well, it's kind of uh, plays into that. So, Let's say, I okay. Sexton as is. So if we project him out to improving, you know, under the Thibs scenario and with the the coaching, the staff that we have, he improves, right? So that's that's you know that would be tremendous. But most likely, <laughs> most likely he probably won't because he is little. Uh, he doesn't play the defense the level that Thibs loves, so it's it's going to be problematic. But I, I, I'm 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 with Joshua where you kind of you take him, you improve his value, and then you flip him, and that's totally a great strategy that can that can work. But can't the same be said for um, Obi or and, or Emmanuel and, quickly yeah. or Emmanuel quickly and the picks we have that, that we're going to get? I mean, let's say we get a Duarte. I mean, that guy's going to shoot. That guy's going to hit, make buckets no matter what. Or we get a Trey Mann or Cooper even, you know, and because, uh, you know, I've heard actually his shot is, is a lot better than uh, than the stats. Well, but, and Ian, Ian Bagley reported but, this week that they were asking around on Cooper. So, yeah. So think about all those assets, that the value of those assets would ultimately make the team stronger and better when it comes to you know, asset distribution later on when it comes to the trade deadline, or even a year well, from now. I, I, I think it's a good question. I, I think the 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 end the end game here is like, and we've talked about Sexton a lot already today. But to me, at the end of the day, if you think he's a star, like in waiting, and and like that he and that he'll be able to show that next season, whether. It means you're going to build around part, you know, build around him moving forward, or it means you're going to be able to flip him. Like, then make the trade. If you think he's always going to be a limited player and he's always going to look like someone limited, like, don't. I, you know, maybe that's oversimplistic, but, I, you know, 
Because, like, you're probably not going to get a star at 19 or 21, but you'll get, like, you can get a really good player that's going to help your team for a long time and be under cost control for, for the next four seasons, which is great. Cheap. Yeah, cheap. Yeah. Yeah, cheap labor, man. So it's all about. <laughs> and this is this is this is probably one of the deepest drafts in years, and it's pretty what? flat. It's pretty flat. Well, after after ten, after nine or ten through, you know, twenty five. I was about to say, like from from like the early teens to like the mid to late twenties. Like where, like again, I'll, I'll reference a guy I brought up earlier in the in the show, like Jaden Springer. Like Jaden Springer's a guy that's like you keep, you know, you're here and he's moving up draft boards. People like you know are are less concerned about his athleticism. Like all these guys that you read about moving up draft boards. Well, guess what? Somebody's gonna be there, right? Who's someone's dropping? Like at once, yeah, right. You know, it's like it's it's there's you know there there are going to be players on the board that will fall you know that some that are decent players so i you know i don't i don't know who those guys are going to be but yeah no to your point i think it is a kind of flat draft after that top 10 or so and the clock is kind of ticking on uh cleveland because uh they're going to draft green or sucks so the minute they do <laughs> sexton's value drops even further um well unless they end up with mobley which is where some of the some people are saying they they want to end up, mm. but uh, again, this gets into like the world of draft dominoes, and I, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good thought. All right, guys, thanks so much. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Love all the stuff, stuff, man. Love all the Enjoy the rest of the day. Great. Thank you, George. (laughs) Thank you, George. All right. All right. Two more, and then a special one to wrap up, all right? Joey, welcome to the stage. Joey, can you hear me? Is that a raccoon in his photo? Is that who? A raccoon in his photo. Hold on. Let me take a look here. If you're driving, don't worry about it. No, it might be his dog. Uh, That's mean if that was his dog. Um, my my app hasn't updated in a while. I still have an old like Justin oh. still love my thing. So gotcha, Joey. Can you hear us? Yeah, you got me. Sorry, I just dropped uh, in and out there for a second. Uh, yeah, no, you're good. You're really low, so I don't know if if your mic is having issues. Okay, uh, can you hear me a little bit better now? Uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> um, so maybe maybe just ask a quick question and then we can we can answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Um, hot take. What are the odds that Obi Toppin is the best player on the Knicks next year? Wow. Oh, shit. Whoa. <laughs> That's. Hey, um, about Julius last year. I, I, so hold on. Hold on. Can we, John, can I just. You're driving. I don't want you to crash. No, I um, almost pulled off the side of the road. I know. Uh, I almost dropped know, my phone. It was going to be. With that question there. Um, no, wait, can I just say real briefly? I'm yes. like, it's okay. It's an insane question, but, but at the same time, like if there was ever going to be a guy that was in a position to make a jump just because like opportunity role, a year under his belt, we saw what happened after a, a year, you know, being a part-time starter at Dayton to like being the na- literally the national player of the year. Like it's insane, but it's, it's Emmanuel quickly. It. Emmanuel quickly is the guy that you're talking about that would have a year under his belt and then take a jump. No, no, no. Obi has the pedigree before this of being like a dominant player, and he was in the worst possible situation for himself last year. He we he saw was. his floor at the end of the year, and his floor as an NBA player is still good. If he if he gets put in a good situation, let's say Julius gets hurt to start the season, he gets like real run, real minutes. I I don't know. All, all I'm saying is, don't snooze. <laughs> I I love that's great. Um, I I think if Julius Randle's on the team and he's healthy for a majority of the season, uh, Julius Randle's going to be the best player on on the Knicks next season. Um, perhaps not by a comfortable margin because I think RJ is going to get a lot better. Um, that's that's the thing. We're just saying that whoever else they get is also not going to be better than Obi Toppin, that RJ is going to – so in this scenario where Julius gets hurt, RJ gets hurt, quickly gets hurt, Colin Sexton gets hurt. Oh, no, they didn't trade for Colin Sexton because they have Obi Toppin still. Um, then, yes, Obi can take a jump. He'd be the best player on the team, and they'll – what, 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 what 12 and 40? 
he Obi's the best athlete on the team, and he had the best college career on the team. But and he was put in the worst situation on the team last year. So I think I don't think you need all those contingencies for him to make this insane. What seems insane now, but if you look back at the history of those Naismith players of the year that are forwards and centers, they all make an insane jump in their second season. Even like Anthony Davis. Here, here's what here's what I'll say very briefly. I could see a scenario next year where like Randall misses two weeks with like a hamstring strain or something, and Obi starts for him, um, and we're sitting and having a conversation after that after Randall comes back, like, ooh. Is Obi top in the third best on the Knicks? Uh, you know, call into WFAN to, to the yeah, like that. That's I, I love I the take. I love the confidence in in the guys we have. I love it. That's all I will say. Easily, easily my favorite hot take I, since me, we've been doing these things without question. I keep, uh, Joey, we lost you, Joey. Thank you, seriously. Thank you. That was that was great. Wow, that made my Saturday. Yeah, I awesome. I'm gonna. Be up at night thinking about that take in general. As well, as Jason, welcome to the stage, sir. Jesus Christ. <laughs> guys, how's it going, guys? What's going on, Jason? If you're going to ask me what are the odds that Luca Vildoza is the best player on the Knicks next year, I'm going to tell yes. you right now. I'm not going to answer the question. No, I want to talk about Colin Sexton. And I'm Let's actually, do it. I'm, you guys know I'm annoyed that how much of Knicks and the intelligent Knicks fans on Twitter have gotten this all wrong. Okay, Colin Sexton is, is a free agent. I mean, he's not a free agent this year, is he? No, he's, no. he's got a year left before restricted free agency. Him like if he's a free agent that the Knicks are signing for four years. What I'm he's he's an expiring contract, effectively, but you're going to have his restricted free agent rights. Exactly. What I'm trying to get at is people will say things, I've heard people say things like, you know, would you sign him if he was a free agent? Well, he's not a free agent. He's a one a guy who's been paid six million dollars, six or seven million dollars for one year, and you have restricted free agent rights. That's amazing. Okay, I don't think people understand how like they, if you, if it doesn't. It's capital, I think, nineteen million. The Knicks would have, if they, depending on free they would still have close to near max max money in twenty twenty two. So whatever plan you guys have for the Knicks to do in the next two years, they can still do it even after the trade. That trade is um, run. I, uh, yes. So I, I get what you're saying from the financial perspective, but what about the, the part about what you're giving up for him? And what about the fact that you, you, I like you know from his representation, you know, what he wants? Yeah, I understand that, John, but what he wants is not every player wants a max. That doesn't mean they're getting a max. Let him go to a restricted free agency, and then you decide on a deal. If he plays amazing, then he'll get paid. Look at Brandon Ingram. I thought he was going to get a max. He played at an all-star level and got a max. I'm not saying the Knicks are going to give Colin Sexton a max, but you know what? You have a year to see how good he is. You do. Um, I, I, yes. <laughs> no, listen, I'm just... I... How long? You've you we we've I don't mean to interrupt you, John. Just like you've said it, like it depends what you you Sexton as, and that's going to dictate what you think is worth giving up for him, and then eventually paying him. If you think Tibbs can turn him into an All NBA player, then great. If not, then your approach to this whole 
conversation is going to be different. What are we giving up for him? I mean, you guys are overvalued. I don't, dude, you're overvalued. You're preaching to the choir here. Jason, you're preaching to the choir here. I'm the one that's pro sex and trade. So. It's not like the Knicks are going to go out of this draft and be like, man, we can't pick anybody in this draft because we trade for Colin Sexton. Whoever you want the Knicks to get, they can still get. Jason, you're preaching to the choir. I'm someone that's pro for trading for Colin Sexton, even if it costs Obi Toppin. I'm saying somebody that is against that type of trade, it will be what they view Colin Sexton as, that he will be more of a detriment than anything else. If Colin Sexton was a Knicks and he put up the stats last year with the efficiency, not just the point, the efficiency is what I'm talking about. People be arguing that he should have been an all-star. That's what the conversation would have been. Had he put up those stats on the Knicks. I I don't disagree. I I don't think 24 point per game players grow on trees. I'm, on 40%, I see the on 40% 7% field goal percentage and 38% three point three points. And the average 4.4 assist. For a guy who can't pass, 4.4 assists is not that bad. And that's a lot that's up a lot from the year before. I think before they think of Alex Sexton as what he was coming out of college and what he was his rookie year. He's kinda of lot better. I'm not saying he's the perfect player, but to get a guy at twenty two years old where you have his restricted free agent rights, that doesn't come often. If if Colin Sexton was a great passer, then he would never he would be a max guy, he would never be available in a trade like this. So there's a like like you take what you can get. And I love Obi Toppin, but I mean, I don't think Tibbs is ever going to play Obi Toppin at the five, and I don't know if he ever did, will, will be a good enough defender to play at the five. So where is he going to get his minutes in the next three years? Uh, this Obi Toppin, I love the juxtaposition of our last two calls. Um, I, I I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Um, I, do think, I do think there's a little more downside to what you're saying there could be. I do see the positives, though. I do. I absolutely see the pros. The downside. downside. Because I, I, like, the thing I, what I keep, what drives me crazy is, like, keep talking about, like, we're going to, like, if he's a free agent, like, if we're signing him to, like, we're going to sign, we're going to trade for him, and if we can offer him a deal that we like, like, a deal that we think is worth, and if we don't have that deal, we wait till next year, and then we'll decide what we do with restricted free agents. Yeah. Um, John, do you have that's a plan? <laughs> yeah, John, do you have no, any, uh, response? what's the downside? Please tell me, I want to know because I don't really, yeah, no, a couple, a couple of things. Uh, I want well, first of all, you can hear me okay, right? Yeah, your, your connection's a little low, but you're good. Oh, maybe we can't hear you. Um, John, try again, Andrew. Yeah, can you hear? Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> we just hear him for two seconds and then he goes. Well, yeah, <laughs> Jason, your Jason, your takes completely like eliminated John from the pot. It seems like. All right. So what is the take? Is it that he's going to take? But he's not primary. So I thought, why can't he play off ball? He's a good off ball shooter. And the fact that he's not a great passer means that you can probably more offense to RJ and. and Yeah, we're not going to get John in. So, um, yeah. I'll try to answer real quick. And by the way, you're, you're having some mic issues. I don't know if you're you're holding it up to your face or not. But um, I don't know what's going. On. Every time I'm on, you hear background noise. I don't know why. There's no. All right, you're good. Um, so the cons are, like you said, the passing ability, the the fear of a good stats bad team guy. Um, 
there's some some drives. Uh, the, the advanced numbers aren't great on him. Um, like John wrote a newsletter about the this week, the day after the trade came out, and I I do see if you're looking at the the player we just had that didn't necessarily make his teammates better. There's some um, rumors that he wasn't getting along with the players. Um, that were there, that they had a lot of... Um, see, I'm not the one to make the case against, so I'm really not. I'd be a pro uh, college sex and trade. So I'm right there with you, man. Um, Listen, I'll, leave, I'll leave after this, Admiral. Um, it's the Cavs. He was drafted into a horrible team, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, guys, he doesn't like losing. And maybe that's why he has a problem with all his teammates, because they're okay with losing. I mean, the, the stories are that he's the first one in, last one out. That's tips to me. You know, I think he would fit like a glove on this team. And yes, he's not the perfect. perfect John, you there? <laughs> we lost Jason. Um, do you have anything to add? Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give this one more. I'm, I, I'm gonna give this one more. I'll give this one more try. Sorry, I exited out of the app and re, re-entered. Hopefully, you can hear me. We now. can. You um, have the little so Wi-Fi my, signal my, next really to you that's really low. I think it's just. Oh, um, I just think it's dangerous to let a, a guy run your offense who has not shown the proficiency to run your offense, and it can have really detrimental effects on everything else that you do. If he's going to be bad, like I don't want him. If he's if he's bad at running an offense, because I think they're going to give him a chance to run their offense. That's that's the main point that I, want. I agree. So. I, I I don't disagree. I should say. Um, okay. Last but not least, he's here on his wedding day, Mensa. Uh, congratulations, my friend. Thank Welcome you. Thank you, guys. Congrats, Mensa. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I actually kind of snuck off to make this phone call. Uh, Thank phone call you. Some green room call because this was the one topic that I was like, man, I can't just sit by idly and not Do it. contribute. So, it's I mean, clearly- so about Dame, well, I don't even want to talk to Colin Sexton because that's just a whole, like, I feel strongly about both, but let's just, just to touch on Dame, um, I don't think Dame Lillard is stupid. And when I say that, I mean, I'm certain that Dame Lillard would know the assets that are needed to come back for him in any trade. And if you look at the Knicks roster, there's no way that you're going to be able to make a Dame Lillard trade without R.J. Barrett. It's just it's just untenable. I personally am against trading R.J. Barrett for, for anybody. I wouldn't trade R.J. Barrett for a firstborn child. I just, I just love R.J. Barrett. He needs to be a Nick for life. But if Dame Lillard has New York on his, his radar, he has to know that basically if he's coming here, it's just going to be maybe Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson left back. And a, I don't know how much cap space, but I don't think that if Dame wanted to come to New York, he would be doing it without, and here's the big conspiracy name, I don't think he would want to do that without making a phone call to Kawhi Leonard and saying, hey, I want to go to New York. You can't win in, in you can't win with the Clippers right now. Let's go do this in New York for three, four years and win a championship together. Because it's just, I just, I just can't imagine a situation where, and then, and, and I do understand that the cap space is a weird thing, and maybe Julius Randle has to go out in order for that to happen. So maybe you do keep R.J. Barrett, but I just, it's just, there's just no way. Is he a super team guy though? Is he a super team guy though? 
I mean, after 10 years of getting your ass kicked, you know, by super teams, you know, that it kind of gets tired at, you know, just thinking, oh, I can do it in Portland and I can do it here. And the one thing, because I do pay attention, like like the Instagram and the Twitter stuff, whenever Dame Lillard went at anybody, he was going at Paul George, he was going at Marcus Morris, he was going at um, the other guy, Pat Beverly. He never had a word to say about Kawhi because Kawhi kind of handles his business in quiet, you know, and... And I don't think that, if we're being completely honest, the Clippers are not a super team. The Clippers had Paul George and they had Kawhi. Kawhi plus anybody, I guess you can say, is a super team. But it's not like the Nets where they have um, Harden and Durant and, and Kyrie. Or, um, it's know, not so the same. It it's not, not, even, not even close. So I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't necessarily say that Damon Kawhi plus, you know, um, plus, you know the, the, the Westchester Knicks is a super team. But... I do think that personally I'm against I'm against the Dame trade just because of what it would cost but I do believe that if he does he's not stupid and if he wants to come to New York he has to have something up his sleeve um I hmm I don't know if he wants that I, I get I get everything you're saying I just he's that's his brand is like I'm the you know I'm the I'm the guy who didn't take that route. You know what I mean? Um, man, I don't know, Andrew. What do you What do you think? I I thought I think it's funny. Mental was like maybe eventually you have to become a super team guy. Um, I I don't know. I, I I'm with I'm I've made my stance known about it, the trade doesn't make sense if you don't have another guy coming. I trust this front office uh, that they wouldn't just trade for Dame and like, oh, we're done. Now we're going for it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Mental, let me ask you a question. People have been comparing this to the Mellow trade, and my frustration with that is like the Mellow trade in a vacuum wasn't like the detrimental part. To, like, it didn't set the Knicks back. Like, like the Bargnani trade was worse. The Billups amnesty was worse. The fact that the 2016 season was so bad that the pick swap mattered was worse. Could that PTSD, though, be partly why Knicks fans, uh, I mean, myself included, are against any type of trade for Dame? I don't think so. Um, me personally, like, I've, I've been following the Knicks very, very closely since, like, 2009. So I would say that the assets the Knicks gave out in the um, mellow trade were all inconsequential. We didn't trade the 2016 pick for Carmelo Anthony. We It was a pick swap, and it was a difference between pick right. seven and pick nine. It was the Bargnani trade that screwed us in 2016. And it was, again, it was the it was the Amari Stoudemire contract. It was Amnesty. Like, it, everything that we did around, it's, um, around yeah. Carmelo Anthony. And then on top of that, Dane Lillard is a better player. I just believe that if you are trading everything is not you know if you're trading everything for Dame Lillard you don't have anything to get a third guy you don't have anything to, to build around you have cap space and you kind of have to you, you kind of have to hope that you draft a Taylor Horton Tucker or a Draymond Green or somebody in the second round that becomes that guy and that's not going to happen for three four years and at that point Dame Lillard is 34 years old I think the difference between the Mellow trade is Mellow came here at 26 Dame will be coming at 31 30 right and, and that's that's just it's, it's you don't have that same window of opportunity 
to to build around him and you and we also don't know we may we may believe in him we may love him but we don't know if Julius Randle is actually the top 15 performer he was this year um i my own two cents is i think the more likely scenario before um Dame and, and Kawhi uh team up here would be that they wouldn't give up every asset for Dame they would give up a lot of assets for Dame, um, which would be centered on picks in the future. And, like, they would keep a young player, probably not RJ, but, like, whatever, quickly, Obi, like, a young player. Um, and maybe a young, maybe two young players, I don't know. But they would have enough left in the cupboard, both by way of cap space and assets, to still make two more two more moves. Like, whether it's signing Lowry and trading for... I, again, I don't even know who the player would be, but like you know, like a forward or a, a playmaking, you know, wing or something like I don't know. Not Ubre because Ubre sucks, but like I, I think they would be able to leave enough where they are able to make a couple more moves. Where it would be like you got Dame, you got Julius as your two A, you got another guy kind of as a two A, two B. You bring in a third slash fourth guy. You know, and you be able to sign Rose on an extension or whoever. Or I mean, at to the, um, to the exception. Um, if if they did it, I think that's Andrew. You there? Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're I think. So I I'll summarize. I think. Um, your margin for error with the remaining cap space, Mensa, is just like it's zero if you yeah. trade everything for Dame, you know? So it makes it it makes it that much more important to like wait for the right time. Like Jeremy's talked about this, where the superstar trade has to be like the last piece of the puzzle, not a middle piece. Because then you still have so many What's up? I fully agree with that. And um, yeah. the reason why is because everybody, it, it, it's so, this is a league where you'll blink and another star player will one out. The guy that I personally have been looking at is he's a free agent in 2023, which means that his team is on the clock right now. And they just lost one of their best players to injury. Nikola Jokic will be a free agent at the age of 29 years old. He can demand a trade before he has to sign up with, um, with Denver. Does he believe that Denver can do it without Jamal Murray and with Michael Porter Jr.? Does he like Michael Porter Jr.? So it's like, and that's just one guy, you know, off the top of my head who could demand a trade. So it's like, do you, do you, would you end up regretting trading for a 30 year old Dame Lillard six months before Nikola Jokic demands a trade and you have no assets to get him. You're stuck with Kuzma and Taylor Horton Tucker, the way the Lakers are, (laughs) you know, like it's just, so I think that the Knicks are in prime, they're in a prime position to, to pick the player they want. They can continue to build the asset base, make smart moves. And then when it, and then when they have, you know, like a Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum or RJ Barrett and Julius Randle really do develop and become that one two punch that you can that you can add another guy to and and be that superstar team that, that that can compete for a championship and be in that final four for the next three, four years, then you can make then you can make your big swing. Then you can move quickly um Obi Top and then maybe Moses Moody if you move up and grab a guy like that. And it just makes and then you still have all your picks. But making that trade now I think is short sighted. 
I think it is um it's it's ill timed and we just have to continue along the path. And I know that you know as a star fan base, we you know you you, you watch the series we had against against Trey Young and we're like, man, if we had Dame, we don't lose that. You know, and, it, and it's easy you know to, to I guess to attach yourself emotionally, but at the end of the day, this is about winning a championship, and and the way to win the championship is to manage your assets the right way. And the Knicks right now trading for for Dame Lillard and just going to war with Dame Julius Randle and whoever they can you know pick up is just not it's just untenable and then you're locked into that team over the course of the years and, and I don't think that's the smart thing to do good stuff Mensa congratulations um, do you want to go get your, your bride to be and see if she has a take on Dame or is that against the rules uh, yeah it's probably against the rules yeah. she, she thinks I'm running my vows right now so I gotta Dude, get back to have a, have a blast today man congratulations thank you guys so much thank you for taking my call absolutely of course Congrats again. Thank you. Yeah, of course. John, what do you remember from your wedding day? We'll wrap up with that. Like one thing that you remember the most from your wedding day. Um, man, I got hammered. Um, <laughs> so not much. So I don't remember much. <laughs> yeah, I had a great time at my wedding. Um, my wedding was. Uh, what? I mean, I remember everything about my wedding day. But uh, what do I? What's one thing I remember? My my. Uh, my wife looked absolutely gorgeous. There you go. You can tell who else is in the car. Hi, Dolores. <laughs> oh, Andrew says hi. Hi, Andrew. It's, she says hi. There so you I, go. Uh, so I, my, my, uh, I will be in a one location next week. This week was, um, this week was insane because um, I had a lot going on. But um, oh my god. Um, oh well, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> Uh, you don't even want to. You don't even want to know what's happening right now. I'll tell you later, Andrew. But I just want to say thank you to everybody, and sorry uh, for my technical issues. And always thank you everybody for bringing the heat. Yeah, I guess I'm not going. There you go. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in. If you dig the show, head on over to iTunes to drop a five star rating and a review. Uh, if you would like an additional bonus episode of the Knicks Film School podcast, for seven bucks a month, we drop an extra episode per week. Uh, head on over to our Patreon. Episode one is already available now. We'll be back next week, same time. Well, similar time, similar place. Uh, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Adios.